Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Phase Zero, Season 3, Episode 37. We're already so close to the end of the year. I That's just crazy to think about. Um, I'm your host, Jenna Anderson, and we have a big, big show this week. Uh, first off, before I introduce everybody else, happy birthday to David Taylor, who just said it's his birthday in the chat. Uh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, we have a big show this week, and joining me to break everything down is Nick Valdez. Howdy, everybody. Thanks for having me. We got Jamie Jurak. Good morning. And Aaron Perrine, who we missed terribly. We are so, so happy that Aaron is back. It's good to be back. Although we still have the streak of like, not all four of us can be in the same room. I know. Like, <laughs> the Fantastic Four will reunite sooner than later. It's, It'll happen. It's, it's a branch Tyler's and Nexus event anytime. Yes. It's just the four of us. So hi, Nick. <laughs> Hey guys. I, it, it also doesn't help that every time Brandon's gone, I'm, or, you know, I'm here, Brandon's out here, right? Like, it's a lot of shifts in the night at this show. So that, that's part of the lore. Um, but yeah, we, we have a big show today. We have a lot to talk about, beginning with the fact that now the Marvels is now confirmed to be playing in IMAX. I know we've debated about this on the show because originally, if Dune 2 was going to be released a week before the Marvels, it was going to take the exclusivity window. Dune is now delayed to next spring, which I am still annoyed about because Dune does not feel like a spring movie. It feels like fall, but I'll deal with it. I still wanted to see that movie regardless. But now the Marvels is playing in IMAX and we got a new poster and we got a new teaser about that. So how do we feel now knowing we get to see the movie in IMAX? I'm excited. Uh, I, I was really bummed that Dune was going to was gonna kind of push out Marvels because that's really going to mess with the box office. It's like what happened with um, the last Mission Impossible movie. It didn't get its proper um, IMAX run. Um, also, I really dug that trailer. Higher, higher, further, faster, baby. We're back. I love that tagline. Uh, I don't think, had we seen the moment where um, Kamala throws Nick Fury the gun? That, I feel like that, that was in some footage, but I don't know. Okay. It's all okay. a blur. I, I hadn't, that was like new to my brain. And I was like, yeah, team up. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like the trailer a ton and I like that we're getting more and more stuff. I just wish they all three of them could be out in front of it to promote this thing. Poor Naya Dacosta is going to be sitting there with like shadow puppets in one of these <laughs> things, trying to do what she can do to promote this thing. But it does look like super, super fun. Also, weirdly in that, like in that clip, Kamala has her old costume on when mm -hmm. she tosses him the gun. So for all the people who were like, oh, they're not really sure about the second costume, we're still getting the first one. I don't think she's going to have it forever, guys. I don't know. I think we got an Iron Spider situation here where it's like only for special occasions. When I'm on the big screen, do I get this suit? And then we go back <laughs> to the one from Jersey City. Nick, how do you feel about it? Oh, I'm in. Totally in. Just let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy this news broke when we're all on the panel because I know we all love the Marvels on here. Um, but yeah, so so that should be very fun. I'm just so excited for this movie. I just need the serotonin of this movie. I do agree with Aaron, though. Not having the press tour of the three of them is going to be such a bummer because I their, their chemistry is just going to be insane. Um, but moving on to other Marvel and MCU related news. Uh, Jamie has a very big quote to read. Ooh, Sean Levy, he's been talking and talking and talking about Deadpool 3. Um, uh, there's two big quotes, so I'm going to break them in half because by the time we get to the second one, we're going to forget about the first one because he was chatty. Um, he, uh, he turns out he fought for Jackman's, Hugh Jackman's costume. He told Entertainment Weekly, like the rest of the world, I've waited two decades to see Wolverine in a whole movie with Deadpool. And I don't know if this is our last shot at Wolverine on screen. So I was going to make 
gosh darn <laughs> sure we got the old yellow and blue just once and that we get it right uh and i'm excited about this because you know uh, i'm a big fan of the wolverine 2013 i think that movie's underrated um and but it had that deleted ending where we did see the costume and then for some reason they were like never mind uh so uh what do you guys feel about this do you really think it is his last time on screen Secret Wars exists, so no. <laughs> there it is. But I, I do, I do appreciate kind of treating this. I feel like that should be the approach with most superhero movies and projects of like treat this as if this is the last time you're ever going to get to see the character. Like go out with a bang. And so I think having that with Hugh Jackman, even though Logan was already that for me on so many levels, having that with Hugh Jackman with Deadpool three, I feel like is going to be fun. Yeah, going back Go to the yellow and blue. Uh, sorry, uh, going back to the yellow and blue would help it differentiate itself from Logan even more so. I think. And it would also help me care about Deadpool 3 because, <laughs> yeah. because I, uh, I didn't need a third Deadpool. I didn't need a second one. So, you know, hey, if Wolverine's in it with the full blue and yellow, why not? Let's go. <laughs> I, I really, it was really funny how extreme the response was just from that one image. Like, I think that unfortunately you could just put out just that image for 15 seconds and then Ryan Reynolds walk out and be like, come see Deadpool 3. And that could be the trailer and people would still flock to the theaters to come see it. I'm also entranced by like the Matt Reeves-esque, if I only get to make one of these, we're just going to do everything. We're just going to do all of it. We're still throwing as much of it as we possibly can into it. So if you've seen, if you've been here on the Phase Zero YouTube channel and you've seen Liam's little short about our short King possibly being one of the variants, I hope that this maximalist spirit manifests with that too. That would be hysterical, even if it's only for five seconds. Because uh, we watched a lot of what's that? What's the show he does on TBS? The Miracle, Miracle Workers. Workers. We watched a lot of that over the last two weeks. I'm like, oh man, he's funny. This could be really, really funny if, if done show. correctly. It is a good we show. Love him. He's so good. All right, time for part two of, this, of these quotes. This is when he uh, talked to Deadline and reveals the movie is uh, halfway done filming. Um, well, like the rest of our industry, our last large swaths of it, we are paused. We were halfway through filming Deadpool, co-star and Wolverine. It was a joy every day and that the chemistry, and that chemistry is, I have to say, spoiler, it is relentlessly awesome as we had all hoped it would be. Uh, but we are halfway through filming. We shut down. Our crew and the rest of us are waiting for an equitable deal that ends these strikes and puts our industry and certainly inclusive of our movie back at work. I would say this I would say this when making Deadpool. Again, I spoke about this earlier. I only know how to make something that I loved. And so long before I loved Ryan Reynolds, I loved Deadpool. I love Deadpool. Deadpool won to me is a perfect movie. And so I was not going to mess with the DNA of that franchise. Our movie is raw, audacious, very much rated R. We went to great lengths to not to shoot it on sound stages with digital environments. The internet has proven that by revealing pictures of our shoot. Thank you, internet. But no, we want something that felt <laughs> grounded, real. But you put Hugh Jackman in the most iconic character alongside Ryan Reynolds in his most iconic character. I would say it's more of a descendant of Midnight Run and 48 Hours and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles than it is a descendant of Airplane? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was the first time I read that quote. Uh, I think I, I give myself an a B uh, on that reading. You um, went in, you went on a journey because <laughs> I, I was like I was learning it as well. Um, uh, I, it's interesting that um, I if you guys have not seen uh, Midnight Run, I love that movie so much, and and that keeps coming up in in, in terms of this. Um, when I interviewed James Mangold for Indiana Jones, I asked him about his thoughts on Deadpool three, and he's like, I think it's going to be like Midnight Run, and I love that movie. So uh, watch Midnight Run. That's that's a homework I'm giving all of you. Um, also, I love the part in this quote where he's like, he like really threw a co-starring Wolverine. Like he's like going to get that out there as much as he can because he's plugging this movie. Um, but I, I like this. I like that he's trying, like he's, keep the DNA, all that. Uh, what do you guys think? I like, there was so much to unpack in this quote. I like him saying they're not shooting on sound stages with like the volume and everything. Obviously there are more and more pieces of media that are doing that and not necessarily to great effect. Um, my biggest takeaway from this quote and from the movie being halfway done filming is all of the cameo speculation and all of the rumor mills surrounding this movie, this movie's only halfway done. Like, we don't know how much is actually going to stick. We don't know what's actually going to come to fruition. Just seeing the roster of cameos that people think are in this movie, don't be surprised if a lot of them aren't. Because I would not be surprised if that's just like a murder board of options that they have. And by the time they can do, like, they can come back to filming, not all of those might happen, but who knows? I mean, it's, 
I don't want people to Dr. Strange themselves. Yeah. I turned him into a verb. I don't want them to do that. But we are we are quickly on the tracks to Dr. Strange ourselves with stuff that might not be in this movie. But it is really encouraging to see all the stuff that's come out so far. I mean, there's clearly palpable fan interest around this uh, more than some of the other stuff that comes out next year or might not come out next year, judging by whenever the strikes get done, because... I have not seen anything besides Harrison Ford's ripped pants from New Brave New World. So who knows, guys? Um, <laughs> it, it's I I do find it interesting too that he points out that they were like doing all like the sort of practical stuff as opposed to uh, like volume stuff. And I think also that stuff is also a function of didn't they shoot overseas? It's not being shot here, right? Yeah. I feel like overseas you can have a lot more wiggle room to shoot this stuff out in the open that you just could not do trying to shoot it outside in Atlanta. Like that's too, like you think there was a lot of stuff shown. If they had shot this stuff outside Atlanta on like a main street, you would have seen like the middle of this movie already on Instagram and tiny squinto vision. That, that's why it's funny that he calls out the fact that there are so many pictures of it already where, you know, and also I think that's what will ultimately lead to more multiverse of badness stuff, right? Where it's like, you you fans might rile themselves up over a movie they imagine they're going to see when we all know when you make a movie there's like hours and hours of things being shot that never quite make it to the final product so don't look at the photos try your best not to and then we'll get what we get exactly um so speaking of sean levy and speaking of movies that could be even more doctor strange even more than deadpool 3 <laughs> um this is just aaron freed's pump fake corner uh so sean <laughs> levy addressed, he's, he's directing secret wars and he said to et canada i've read those rumors and that's all i'm gonna say i feel like the directors of the mc need to have a group chat where they're like did they ask you about this too yeah i don't i don't know i don't know because i I think they have people that they want to direct this movie, but since everything's in such turmoil, you cannot announce slash even really, I imagine work on a lot of these contracts. Okay, you're directing it, but like, who's going to be in it? Like, Mr. Beast. <laughs> like, that's it. That's <laughs> the only person. Um, so do you guys want, if, if, if it ends up being as big as everybody thinks that this movie is going to be, do you, would you mind him directing Secret Wars? Because he's juggling a lot with this one. Nick is shrugging Jamie. Jamie, go ahead. He's not my choice. I don't think he's like, he's never made anything except for his work on Stranger Things that I'm like goo goo gaga over. Those are the only things that he's done that I'm like, I'm not like Free Guys okay, Adam Project's okay. I don't think they're like bad by any means, but like his name doesn't hype me up. I think he's great for Deadpool because him and Ryan Reynolds have such a close relationship. Um, But I want to say, I think it's really funny that when he's talking about Deadpool, he's, he's giving like, like monologues but this was just one sentence like, <laughs> i don't know and i think that he doesn't know i don't think that they have that yet but i stand by jenna's original want for john favreau even though i really don't think that that's gonna happen with all the star wars stuff going yeah. on i that's I, i'm still holding on to jenna's dream jamie you, you don't want two hours of, of robots fighting to be the end of secret wars how dare you how dare you go, go ahead i, I mean, yeah you know, go ahead Either way, it's Kevin Feige's movie, right? Yeah. So, so whatever Kevin Feige says goes, and the director is just a, a person that's good, a figurehead that's going to be there for the interviews, and this is how we did everything. Uh, no, like, it, it's a, I mean, unfortunately, it is going to be a, a Disney Marvel Studio movie, and what they want is what's going to happen and who we're going to see. So, you know, and whoever's there is just to get the day moving. <laughs> so... I don't know. <laughs> I, I completely agree with Nick. I also think it's a thing of like, because two of the biggest like possibilities that I've heard have been Sean Levy and Naya DaCosta. And it's like, I feel like once we see Deadpool 3 and the Marvels and we see how they are able to play with this larger sandbox and what they are able to do and like all of that sort of stuff, especially with Naya DaCosta, I'm very curious to see how her style kind of comes through with the Marvels. I feel like that will then give me a better indication of what to expect with Secret Wars if either of them directed. I also honestly am just like, just bring in somebody completely outside of the system just bring in somebody who's never directed anything in this franchise before and just let them go but we don't know what's going on with this movie we don't know when this movie's coming out it seems like it's getting delayed more and more every time we talk about it so we'll just have to wait and see 
So on the topic of Secret Wars, um, so Ian McKellen did an interview recently with Variety in which he said that he currently has no plans to retire from acting. Um, his exact quote was, and I just love this quote, retire to do what? I've never been out of work, but I'm aware that any minute now something could happen to me which could prevent me from ever working again. But while the knees hold up and while their memory remains intact, why shouldn't I carry on? I really feel I'm quite good at this acting thing now. So he's going to be in Secret Wars, right? Is, is that kind of what we're gathering from this quote or is it just me? Jamie... You made a face, so I want to. I mean, I, I mean, how dare you ask Sir Ian McKellen if he's retiring? Um, uh, Ian McKellen and his platonic husband Patrick Stewart are going to be around at the end very much. Um, but like, yeah, obviously that would be awesome. But I, I don't think that in his mind this has anything to do with Marvel. It's like I'm an actor and I'm going to remain an actor until my body gives out. Um, I hope he's going to be in Secret Wars because he's one of my favorite uh, Marvel performances of all time. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't say that this is a confirmation of that. But I'm like, good for him. Keep on working, buddy. I mean, he's not going to like, do you just what what would he what, what would he and Pat Stewart do? I imagine they just live like in Picard. They're just on some farm in France, like looking at them after the grapes together. <laughs> but that's obviously not actually what happens. Um, I, I, depending on who you talk to, people believe he's in Deadpool three too. They believe he's in that. I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but like I we certainly wouldn't turn it down. I mean, I, I respect it a lot not to like just be like ah. Oh, I'm done. Like to keep giving us stuff. It's such a gift. It's such a nice thing for these performers to like still want to go out and do things because you got enough money. Like I said, there's a, there's a, there's a whole great farm out there. You just be sitting, doing stuff, hanging out, you know, being a treasure like him, Patrick Stewart, Mark Hamill, like Linda Carter, like those are the Twitter accounts. Whenever they post something, no one has any like issue with it. Everybody's like, Oh, great. We get to talk to them again. Like we get to see something. So Thank you for like pressing on for us, and hopefully we get uh, Wanda meet their dad at some point. Absolutely, hopefully. Nick. How do you feel about it? I mean, I'm glad. I hope it means he's open to it. You know, I'm not going to rule it out, but also, yeah, if it happens, cool. If it not, that's okay. I also feel like he wouldn't say no because it just seems like fun for him of just getting to be on the green screen and throw stuff around and just be a superhero just still seems like a fun thing for him considering how long he's done it. So here's hoping when we get to that point that he might be able to do it. Um, So we're going to take a quick one one minute break for real this time. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some Loki season two updates. So stay tuned. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to phase zero. Uh, So Loki season two is gradually getting closer and closer. It feels like it's almost here. Um, And we have some new updates regarding it. Um, So first off, there was new footage that screened uh, at Destination D23. And Jamie's going to unpack it. So take it away. Oh, Jamie, you're muted. I got it. Uh, Yes, so Destination D23, not to be confused with D23. um, So I was not there. Sorry to point all of you. Um, uh, They mostly share Parks news, but there's so much Parks news. Uh, But they also showed uh, the opening of Loki season two. And it turns out it is going to pick up exactly right where the first season uh, left off, where uh, Loki, um, you know, uh, he comes back to the TVA, sees the Kang statue of the Kang variant. Uh, Mobius doesn't know him. So then in this footage, he's not recognized, so he dies out the window to avoid capture but then he eventually runs into uh everyone's favorite tva boy casey um who also doesn't recognize him but then loki glitches or time slips as we now know 
um, and he's uh, standing in the same spot, but now Casey recognizes him. So Loki thinks he was in the past. Um, and then I believe that, that um, uh, it was um, laughing part news that, that shared this. I did not write it down and I feel bad. Um, but then they said that it ends with him calling, like, get me Mobius, uh, which I love. Like, yeah, get your boy. Um, so <laughs> I like that this is picking right off because, like, that was such a good cliffhanger. And sometimes I get annoyed when, like, shows have a good cliffhanger and then, like, it jumps way in the future. Um, what do you guys think about this uh, Destination D23 event, which I wasn't invited to? <laughs> I know. They did announce dates for next D23, though. So you you will hopefully get to be there and hopefully continue <laughs> the legacy. Um, I think this footage sounds cool. I don't know. I, I agree that I like that we're picking directly up where the cliffhanger left off and not just jumping ahead in time. So this sounds great. I'm like Loki. I always want to see Mobius. So get him Mobius. Bring Mobius back into the show. I'm very excited for Mo Mobius. I just, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, wow, what they did, they're really putting a lot. It feels like they're putting a lot of this show out with the promo, but that's only like a, like a very small, minute bit of it that, you know, people hadn't seen. I, I am excited to see that it's not just some other variant, Mobius and Casey and the TVA and, you know, the 15, like that it's our, the versions we know that's kind of like reassuring in its own weird sort of way. Also weird that like, I just have like a funny aside that apparently the jet ski place is in Ohio. Why is so much of phase four and five in Ohio? Why is so much of it back home? I do not understand why. And yeah, we do have a bunch of weird backwater places that would sell you a jet ski. I just wouldn't expect <laughs> Owen Wilson to be the one handing me the keys. Um, but excited to see him. Excited to talk about McDonald's apple pie without a sponsorship on this show in a couple of weeks. It's going to be good. <laughs> Nick, how I mean, do you feel? No, I, I, I'm just thinking something has to follow up that Loki cliffhanger, right? So mm -hmm. I'm glad it's at least Loki. <laughs> but like it's good to hear that at least loki wants to follow up with season one so you know let, let's see how it works out i'm i've got complicated feelings about loki in general but yeah i'm glad to see that the story is at least continuing somewhere yeah, it is. It is surreal, I guess, in phase four to have like a plot line be directly continued on and especially in the exact thing that started the plot line. Like, I, I know that's very rare. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later with regards to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and stuff. Uh, but keeping the Loki train going, uh, Loki producer Kevin Wright teased uh, Kihi Kwan's role in season two. Um, talking to the EW, he said his job is basically every piece of tech, every computer, everything that is running at the TVA. He either designed it or he fixes it and keeps it running. Um, and then he talked about casting key he said i think kevin feige made a call maybe april 12th just to follow up and say please please do this little did we know key is apparently a giant marvel fan and was a big fan of loki season one so i'm so excited to see him in this show i just everything we've gotten from the trailers just seems so great i i think he's going to be such a nice addition but how do you guys feel about it Yes. I love yes, Key. Yes, yes. I love Key. I don't know if I've mentioned this in the show that I, I met him recently. Um, and he like he we were just standing in a line and he just started talking to me because he's just the friendliest man. Like he's just like, so what'd you think of like the movie we just saw? And like, and I just like I've never encountered someone who just says it's just like the brightest light. And I am excited to have his energy on this show. I think he's gonna mesh with it so well. I cannot wait. Yeah, love good things happening for good people. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's very funny to have him in this, like, sort of, like, very, very, like, Loki is, like, serious MCU Disney Plus show. And he's going to be sitting there like, oh, that's not supposed to happen. Mm, okay. <laughs> and like, I just love, it's very, very, it's going to be very fun to see him do stuff. And he's serving, like, a pretty key role. He's been in a ton of the stuff, a ton of the promotional stuff for this. So it's not like he's just in, like, one episode, which is, like, really cool, too. You know? I need someone to make me a t-shirt that says low key. Oh, uh, <laughs> get on that, please. Uh, that needs to be on Redbubble like immediately. That is <laughs> get on it, creatives. <laughs> oh, Nick liked that one. I didn't yeah. expect that to play that well. That was amazing. Uh, me neither. I actually hate puns too. But, like that was really called to me. Good job. I, I'm a sucker for puns. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, so uh, um, keeping the multiverse train rolling, Aaron actually added this story, and I'm really glad that you did because I completely forgot about it. Uh, take it away. Yeah, like one of the only things I saw while on like coming in like airport from my honeymoon was like this clip 
friend of the show, Graham Churchard, production designer for a lot of Marvel Studio stuff, explained in an interview, I think Scarlet Witch Updates posted it, and I tried to find who originally did this interview. I could not find it. I will figure it out. I'm sorry that we did not mention you, but that Spider-Man had a cameo in Doctor Strange 2 that got cut. Um, and basically, he was supposed to have a brief cameo, you know, and this is before when Multiverse Madness was supposed to be before No Way Home before some of this stuff got swapped around due to COVID. And it just wasn't feasible to have him in there. And um, I found that interesting because there's been a lot of talk, especially on this show, we talked about how it feels like a lot of the Avengers are disconnected because of everything that's happened in phase four and phase five. And they haven't really spent that much time on screen with each other. But it's pretty clear from at least these comments and what we know and some other concept art that there was a lot of interplay between No Way Home and Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness that was supposed to happen in the conceptual stages that just did not. Like, right? There's the, the weird stuff we've seen with America Chavez and the bumper cars, with her being the one to bring Toby and Andrews Peter into No Way Home. And then I don't even know where Tom Holland would have been in Multiverse of Madness. Like, I cannot fathom how he fit into there and how funny it would have been in this very, very scary movie to see that boy try to emote and be like, what is happening? Because he had never really done the whole multiverse thing. It would have been very, very interesting. But do you think that a lot of these shufflings, that it prevented more of the interconnectivity in phase four and phase five? I absolutely think so. I think that like the phase that we got is still so good on so many levels, but it is definitely this thing of like the phase that was originally intended with the projects in the order that they were in was definitely going to be a completely different story. Um, like I'm glad that you mentioned it, but there is that concept out of like America Chavez helping bring the other two Spider-Men in because they would have, like, I guess, done that instead of having Ned also no magic, which I liked the Ned magic thing. I'm glad we ultimately got there, but that would have been really interesting to see because now I'm kind of like, well, when are we going to get any resolution on a America studying magic. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that this got confirmed because it's like we basically kind of knew the writing on the wall, but yeah. I, I don't think it like like really needed it. I think it's fine without it, but I do think it would have clarified that one line where it's like that thing with Spider-Man where people were confused, like, why do you remember that? But maybe you just remember that you did something with Spider-Man, you just don't know who Spider-Man is now. Um, and so maybe that scene could have been like, Hi, I'm a masked spider person that you've never seen before, and then audience would have been like, Oh. But other than that, I don't think it really is that necessary. Yeah, I mean, I liked what we got, you know, because the, the way I imagined it, you would have thrown Spider-Man into the death scenes, and <laughs> that's probably a bad idea. So, you know, just avoid all that entirely. <laughs> like I said, it would have been gold to have him react to any of the very, very serious, crazy yeah. things that happened in most of that. And just be like, what? Oh, God, what what's going on? Send me home. Like, I, and, and the audience would agree. Some of the audience would be like, send me home. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> just more and more exasperated with every passing appearance um so speaking of spider-man related things um as i joked before we got on the air i feel like every time nick is on the show we get an update regarding this project and they're always kind of sad um but nick take it away man pour one out sing your voice to men because it looks like alberto is basically Berto. you know uh bad bunny uh, is no longer playing the tibbler character in a lengthy vanity fair profile which people should read if they're interested even in the slightest in bad bunny it's a great piece uh he was asked about it but notably it said an awkward silence ripples across the table and uh, his publicist ultimately said, obviously, it's out, while he referred to it as a delicate kind of situation. So that, that's really all he said was that it was delicate. And it's just unfortunate. Like that, that's really the only update on it. And it's no longer part of Sony's schedule, as I remember. <laughs> and it's just, that's it. Because why even make it? If Bad Bunny's not in it, if he's no longer attached, there's no reason to do it. So, R.I.P. I think Nick hit the nail on the head. Like, if there's no Bad Bunny, what's like, what's the point? Like, I isn't I? I aren't there like barely like any? He's barely appears in comics. Like, he's in Bad three Bunny comic yeah. appearances. Yeah, like he was the draw. So, I mean, if they can find somebody bigger, but uh, and and more of a universal draw, but like, good luck. 
I agree. I think like it, it sounded as if when this movie got announced that they literally like gave him the Rolodex of Marvel characters that Sony owns and was like, just pick one. And I think it sounded like he gravitated towards El Muerto. And yeah, I think the gimmick of that movie, not even being a Marvel movie, was seeing Bad Bunny do wrestling stuff and be a superhero. And so now if we don't have that, I don't know if this movie's going to come to fruition. It's sad. And I do wish we could see it because I purely think it would just be something crazy and fun. But I also I've, I've been burned by Sony in the past with things like this i've still mourned silver and black i think that would have been the coolest movie of like thelma and louise with black cat and silver sable so i'm used to being hurt and by having these movies kind of slip into, into development hell but this does suck this movie seemingly is not happening of all the weird will they or won't they marvel projects that are on the like the actual were on the schedule this was the one that was like the weirdest where i'm like this could either be really really fun and not still not make a ton of money but be really fun or it could be a giant like Hindenburg, and I, uh, I I'm really kind of sad it's not going to exist because I like me and Jenna think that a web might be just okay. It might be fun. Who knows? Uh, Craven sweet. That's all I'm gonna say about Craven. But the rest of it, I don't. What like isn't there still like the Donald Glover hypno hustler? Yes, thing? there is. Does yeah, that is exist? that is the one other thing that is on par with El Muerto to me. Of like this has the potential to be absolutely wild. Yeah, I for now, for now. <laughs> like, like Aaron, I am also excited to see why they call him the Rhino, and I can't <laughs> wait for Craven. But yeah, this this is just I, to me, this is just a bummer. I'm just gonna reiterate my point again. Like, this was Bad Buddy's big. I I hope I think that's probably why he's so bummed because this would have been his one big shot. You know, now now he'll just go back to WWE and like take the title off of Roman Reigns. Maybe I don't know. it's it's a shame. I was I was I, he'll find something else, of course, but it could have been this. I still want to see him in the superhero space in some way. I haven't even seen Bullet Train, but he just seems like a good dude, and it's like I would love to see him put his stamp on some random character. So hopefully that gets to happen someday, even if it isn't El Muerto. Um, so we're going to take another quick one minute break, hopefully. And then when we get back, we're going to do a little Q&A. I put out a call for questions on Twitter and we have a couple, but feel free to drop more in the chat and we will try to answer them. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Phase Zero. Uh, we are going to do a little Q&A. I put out a call for questions in our Twitter community, X community, whatever we call it now, um, and got some very interesting questions. But as I said, feel free to drop more in the chat and we'll try to answer those as well. Uh, so starting off, uh, the Mighty Jor asked, if you could greenlight one MCU project, what would it be? So Nick, you're at the top of the board. Go first. Cameron Crowe's Dua Lipa Dazzler movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, yes. Jamie, what was, what's your answer? Oh, uh, Quake, starring Chloe Bennett in a whole new variant uh, for the MCU. Aaron? Oh, I think you're muted. Yeah. Ah, oh, there we go. There I'm we back. Go. Hooray. The goo yeah. did not get me. Uh, Viv Vision series. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really care who makes it. Just someone. <laughs> I, I will echo Nick's answer about Dua Lipa Dazzler directed by Cameron Crowe because the second he said that in an interview like a year or so ago, I was like, I need this so badly. But also just uh, She-Hulk season two. That's just, I, I'm, I'm simple. That's what I want. Um, so at Funko Portraits asks, what do you think M'Baku's reaction will be when he meets or finds out about Tucson? Does he abdicate when he's older or does he make him challenge and fight in ritual combat? This is a good question. I like yeah. I like the specificity of this question. Um, I think it's going to depend on what kind of man he grows up to be. Um, you know, uh, is he does he deserve that throne? Uh, you know, it might be his rightful place, but maybe he's not a very good guy. I don't know. Um, but I I feel like I, I think this would go either way. I like this question because I don't really know. I agree. I feel like either option could definitely be likely, but I do feel like given the circumstances of everything, he might just be like, all right, you can you can have the throne. But I don't know. Either story could have the potential to be really cool. Aaron, Nick, how do you feel about it? Hmm. Michael Jordan.gif. 
yeah, right? Yeah, like I, I like the idea of the ritual combat because it's like why why would he just abdicate it immediately? It's it's also just doesn't seem like a oh let me stand aside from the job I've been doing this entire time, you know, and to give to someone who has no experience with this just because of a bloodline. So it's like, yeah, I, I like the idea of having him needing to earn it. And, you know, if we ever get to see that in a project someday, it would mean a, getting a cool, like another cool water fight, like a waterfall fight scene. So like, give it to me. I'll take it. Hell yeah. Um, so the mighty Jor also asked, what are your biggest MCU unpopular opinions? Which I think is a very good question. Mm. Um, Jamie, I think is ready to go. I think Jamie yeah. has an answer. I talk about this all the time, but I, I don't know. Uh, Age of Ultron's in my MCU top three. I love that movie so much. It's my favorite Avengers movie. It is my comfort film. I like Bruce Nat. I think that's the that's the the top tier controversial unpopular opinion. Um, yeah, that movie rules, and I'll stand by it until the day I die. Aaron, I really, really love the MCU Spider-Man arc and how he develops as like an unavowed Ultimate Spider-Man fan. It tracks so nice with that. And the funny thing is that I think a lot of the consternation and hand-wringing over Spider-Man in the MCU is just based on he's not Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. And if you think about it as an adaptation of like Ultimate Spider-Man or any like modern incarnation of Spider-Man, it makes a lot more sense. Nick, what about you? So I think I've said this on here before, but I'm cool with never seeing another Thor movie ever again. <laughs> it's at the point where like I, I'm cool with never seeing Thor again in any capacity. And to just make this a little bit newer, I'm good on the Guardian stuff. I, I was good after part two. I didn't need a third one. I wasn't a huge fan of the third one, you know, because it felt so... Isolated, and you know, the fact that there's teasing more of Star Lord, the least interesting guardian. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, just, I, I, yeah, never again. I'm, I'll, I'll be just fine. I love it. Um, my answer, uh, surprising absolutely no one. I, I still think She Hulk is the most comic accurate project in the MCU. Um, I know, I know that isn't completely an unpopular opinion, but it is unpopular with some parts of the internet. So, um, Julia asked, "What is an MCU scene that personally resonates with you, and how it relates to something you've felt or experienced in your own life?" I thought this was a really interesting question too. That's a nice question. I know my answer. Um, if other people want to think about it, it goes back to Ultron. It's an Ultron answer. Um, the party scene where they're all just hanging out and just being pals and playing with uh, the hammer and all that. Um, I've been, I, I've been friends. I'm in my thirties and I'm still best friends with all my high school friends. Uh, we've, we've been uh, close for a very, very long time. And so when I see just people hanging out like that, it like you don't get to see characters like that, just chilling. And that's one of my favorite moments in the entire MCU. Maybe my number one favorite moment. It just really makes my heart happy. That's so sweet. Aaron. Um, I had to say that the scene with Shuri at the end of Wakanda Forever where like she's sitting on the beach right before she meets Toussaint is like very, very impactful to me because uh, when you lose people, you know, you sort of are grasping out for ways to see that and feel their presence is still reckoned with their like loss. And that sort of wind at her back really resonated with me. Like, you know, when you have loss, you're like, I really would like, you know, some guidance or whatever. And unlike in movies, you can't go out into a field and James Earl Jones doesn't tell you how to do as a cloud. So uh, that was really, really impactful for me. I like it's recency bias in part, but it, it's also I've been thinking about it lately of just Rocket and Lila scene kind of in the void in volume three. I cannot even think about that without like getting emotional. I was violently sobbing seeing that the first time. Um, I just think that that scene resonated with me like nothing else in this franchise has. And it kind of took me by surprise. Um, Elliot Comic Art. Hi, Elliot. Asked, uh, what would be an MCU movie or Disney Plus show to really surprise you and get you back to that feeling that we had in phase three? I thought this was a really interesting question. Everyone's thinking. Yeah. 
I mean, I'll just tell you right now that I don't want to get back to that feeling I had in phase three. Uh, I love phase four. Uh, there are four phase four projects that are currently in my MCU top 10. Um, I like that things are changing. Um, the only the only phase three kind of thing that I miss is the cohesiveness, knowing knowing where things are going and having some answers. Um, I just rewatched uh, Secret Invasion. I did my obligatory one sitting binge last night. And, uh, and it's like frustrating to be like, if like nothing was set up for this and it feels like they don't know what they're setting up with it. And that's really the only thing that I, that I miss from that era. But otherwise I like that we're, that we're changing and mixing things up. I love that. I will ask before we get everyone else's answer, how was the secret invasion binge? How did that feel as a binge? You know, it didn't, it didn't change much for me. I think the, the biggest positive positive uh, I don't know if that's the right word uh was that um Talos's death was a little more impactful because I had just watched that scene of him and Fury in the car where they talk about their history together and so like him dying did hit me a little harder this time but the end made me more annoyed I was like like um the Everett being like how long have you been here like, what do you mean? How long have you been here? Why are you asking him that? What a stupid question. And then, like, I I, I do not hate the Harvest fight. But, like, also, I think that she's just, guys, too good, too quickly. Like, like she's, like, instinctively uses Mantis's powers. I just think all of that was just rushed and weird. And uh, But ultimately, I liked about the same. I do think that it is a decent political thriller. It is a, a decent show. It's just not, uh, it's just a disappointment for the MCU. That's how I felt about watching it all in one. That is a very diplomatic answer. I love it. Um, (laughs) So Aaron, what about you? What project do you think could surprise people and get us back to the days of yore? Um, Well, I'm not, I'm not really chasing that dragon. So it's hard for me to really kind of even do it. Cause I think that the funny thing is that if you had asked me before Infinity War Endgame, like, is there anything like, you know, what's your favorite thing that's happened? It would be like Civil War, like maybe Black Panther or something. Like it wouldn't have been like this thing. I think that those projects that really change all this happen after they happen. That the you know, like, did anybody go in at Thor Ragnarok thinking it was going to be this big thing? Like, everybody was like, oh, look, another Thor movie. And then it ends up being in most people's top 10s, despite how everybody feels about Taika Waititi right now. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, it's so weird to me. I don't, uh, like, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, you know, I, listen, I personally, think it's really, really fun that I don't, like, I'm not, like, the hugest Blade fan, and that could be the thing. that's like, oh, my Lord. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I don't really even like Fantasy Four. It's not one of my favorite, favorite things ever either. And that could kick me in the pants and be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just, it, it really could change everything for you. So I, I don't know. Just be open to it, right? Totally. Nick, what about you? I, it is tough because I, I agree with Aaron that, you know, I don't really want to go backwards. And if phase four opened up the, you know, the, the, the feeling part of the question is what's getting me because phase four made everything more complicated, introduced different types of emotions than we'd seen before. And so I, I really want to go increase that further. And at the same time, I also just want to see She-Hulk in one of these movies. <laughs> get get the Disney Plus people in these movies more. Like uh, you know, Miss Marvel in the Marvels is a really great step forward, and that's I'm hoping that's what kind of jazzes it up. And if not, it, it's probably going to take like an Avengers movie or something for everybody to get back into it. But I don't know. Like in the kind of widespread appeal, Phase Four made it to where. There are lots more eyes on these differing projects now that I, I don't know what's going to take a, like a grand unifier to like bring this all back together, back to phase three. I totally agree with that. I think it's this thing of like the MCU is not a cultural monolith in the way that it used to be. And I think that that like there are ways that it could potentially get back to that. But even then, it won't necessarily hit the same exact beats that it did in phase three. I do feel like Fantastic Four in the immediate future is probably the closest thing we could get to that level of just genuine anticipation and things to chew over and just like genuine hype. I also feel like Ironheart also has the potential to maybe do that too. I know it's on streaming. I know it's delayed. We don't know necessarily when we're going to get it, but I think it has the potential to really surprise people. Um, Julia also asked, I just, I had to, I had to add in this question, uh, favorite MCU ships, one cannon and one fanon. I just have so many. Um, can I give a couple for each answer? Go for it. Um, Go for it. You know, you know, I love Wanda and Vision. I mean, especially Infinity War. 
uh, in like Civil War, I love those little scenes, and then we get WandaVision. And but but in terms of like, do I ever need to see them together again? Not necessarily. So it's hard to like make that my official answer. Um, I I mean, uh, but I have so much. You know, I just like where where my why my dudes aren't kissing. Um, you know, Sam and Bucky are like the ones that I want to see the most. Um, <laughs> but also I'll throw this one out there. Um, I, I I'm we're ready for a thruple. Give me Sylvie, Loki, and Mobius all together as a thruple that's that would be the dream for for the recent stuff um that's what i'll say for now i'm sure i'm forgetting one uh, but i love romance and mcu stuff so i love it i have i have my answers before i forget i will say canon uh jen and matt i just i'm still i still can't believe that they got together in the way that they did that episode is still just endlessly delightful fanon um carol and valkyrie i i oh. i I love my girls. I love every time that they're together and they even just talk about those characters. I, I love it. I ship it. It would be amazing if it happened, but I don't necessarily think that it will. I don't know. Aaron, Nick, what about you? I mean, uh, Bruce and Natasha, you know, mostly because it led to a very infamous image that pops up <laughs> in our Slack chat every now and again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, it's a very esoteric answer for us specifically, but, you know, that that's mine. <laughs> Just giving away the goods for free. Yeah. Out of the open airways. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have like a favorite fan and ship that's like not technically canon? Oh, just to boy. just to steer away from from that. <laughs> Oh, and uh, jumping on Anthony, Anthony Mackey's desire to work with uh, <laughs> work with Scarlett Johansson in some way, I, I wouldn't mind like a, a Falcon and a Black Widow. So. Okay. <laughs> Aaron, what about I, you? Boy. I haven't thought about this a ton and it's funny because all i do is consume consume that kind of media in other places it's just not an mcu very often um i do miss wanda vision it's very sweet it's going to make all of us cry whenever it eventually gets resolved um i'm trying to think of other stuff my favorite thing that happened in phase four was anthony mackie looking at sebastian like don't be hitting on my sister i love an aside and brave new world where they're going out there like eat shrimp or something because like i love sebastian stan despite being in the scariest movie about dating and catfishing i've seen in two years jamie did you see flash no oh, oh yeah i'm like hey, i'm never gonna be able to look at you again you can't be charming after that um the fan shipping God, I don't the hmm, I'm trying to think. I, I'm still awaiting the love triangle with uh Vision, Wanda, and uh, Yaya whenever Wonder mm. Man comes out. Still oh, anticipating how complicated mm. that's gonna be for Paul Bellamy. I want to shout out Dalton in the comments for bringing up Wiccan and Hulking, Hulkling. Yes. Because, like, oh, yes, I would love to see that in the future. Like, yeah. we definitely, like, the seeds have been planted. Uh, that would be an amazing, that's a comics canon thing that can easily be MCU canon. So, uh, shout out to that suggestion. Good job for catching that. Because, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Um, and then our last question uh, from RW. Uh, favorite episode from a Disney Plus show? It doesn't necessarily have to be from your favorite show. She-Hulk post-credit scene with Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Yeah. Just the post-credit scene. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is my official answer, but it's what came to mind, and it's WandaVision episode four, the one that starts with Monica in the hospital, mm -hmm. um, and then it like does all like the flashbacking stuff, which is funny because it's not a Wanda-heavy episode, so it's weird for me to pick that one. But when that one dropped, I watched it like five times in a week. I, there's wow. something about that episode, the pacing of that episode, that I really, really like. Um, and again, it feels weird to like not pick like a sitcom episode because of how much I love sitcoms. But there's some, there's just the oh, like that was the first time we ever saw somebody come back from the blip like that and 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 the hospital was just like in so 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 intense and there's just i just really really love that episode aaron what about you um i i i really really love shout out to jim i really love is it episode four of moon Knight when he wakes up in the sanatorium is that is that episode four or is it episode five? I think it's four. I think that's five. I think that's five. Really? Is I think five? it's at the end of four is when they like when he wakes up and then yeah, five that's, with... that's the part where okay. it's like sections off and it's doing the VHS thing. And I was like, what is happening? I that there's very rare moments where I feel really disoriented, like, wait, what am I watching? Watching one of these things, and I will always remember watching the screeners and being like pausing and being like, 
did they send Marshall? Is this right? Is this okay? Did you guys <laughs> send me something I'm not supposed to be seeing? Um, so yeah. I love it. I will say, surprisingly, I will not say a She-Hulk episode. I'm going to say the first episode of Miss Marvel. Because that, to me, is so quintessential to like how Kamala Khan's comics read. And I felt like they perfectly captured that energy. The rest of the show kind of didn't necessarily capture it the entire time. But just that pilot was so strong and was so reflective of who she is. And I'm still just amazed that it exists. Because they got like the high school energy down so perfectly. Um, but yeah, this was a really, really fun Q&A. Thank you to everybody for submitting your questions. Um, Nick, you're at the top of the board. Do you have anything to plug? No. <laughs> Just if you, if you want to see more of me, uh, I don't know if you might after this episode. Uh, I'm Zoology on uh, the medias. Awesome. Jamie, I know you have something uh, to plug. To tease it. I have a couple. Uh, oh, uh, well, I have a new Ahsoka reaction up on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok at Jamie Jirak. Um, so this Friday is the official announcement for my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. And it's I just want to say it's so funny because I've only officially said it on Phase Zero. And I tweeted, if you listen to Phase Zero, you know. But anyone who doesn't listen to Phase Zero or didn't think to come back and listen to Phase Zero are guessing insane. They think I'm organizing a cast reunion. We're in the middle of a strike. They're like, DVD releases. Where would that news come from me? I, like, I love that people think that like I have some kind of insane power and that I work with Marvel but like I'm like oh no temper your expectations I feel like I'm gonna disappoint a lot of people but uh that being said the official announcement with the title of the podcast and everything is coming on Friday and we're so excited we have so many so many ideas um uh Jenna's gonna be one of our first guests and that's all I'll say for now so stay tuned for uh, on my socials on Friday for the official uh, information I love that they think you're like the Lorax of the Agents of Shield community. I like, that's amazing. I'm so happy to, to be that, but like I'm like I'm like why would I have that information? Aaron, what do you have to plug? Um, I just like to thank everybody for all the nice messages. It's so nice to be along with you, and I want to say get well to our friend Cam Hayward. I don't know. Mm -hmm. if he, I hope he's okay. I have not heard. I'm sure some Steeler fan who listens to this show is going to tell me that he's just fine. But thank you, Big Dog, for showing up for the episodes and stuff that we did with the rankings and, and the draft. I saw the final, like, cuts of it, like, in between stuff. And I'm like, oh, look, chaos. And I was not here for but I, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, go back and uh, watch it if you guys have it. Absolutely. I will say we will be doing another draft episode sooner than later. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on whatever social media platforms exist anymore. As always, go read some comics. There's some very great comics out this week. And uh, don't forget to follow the show at Phase Zero CB on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, we will, sooner than later, if you leave a question in those reviews, we will try to read those because I know we love these kind of question and answer segments. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and have a good week. And we will see you next Wednesday.